In today's episode, we are going to talk about a holistic approach to neural degenerative diseases such as Alzheimer's and MS. Let's roll. Mind. Hey, welcome to the Triple Play Performance Podcast. This is Dr. Mike. If this is your first time listening, welcome. You know, on this podcast, I try to give my best advice to you on health in an easy to understand way so that you can kind of digest it and assimilate it into your life. So if you like what you hear in this podcast, please consider subscribing. Now, we're going to add on a brand new segment onto the podcast called Health News. And what I do is I scour the interwebs and I look for some interesting articles, uh, maybe published by some journals or different news outlets. And one that I came across lately, and you may have seen me post this on my Instagram story, was that there is an ambulance service now using essential oils instead of opioids. I thought that this was very interesting that an ambulance service would actually have opioids. And, and where it's located is the Tri-State Ambulance. And what they're doing is they're equipping the paramedics with six different types of essential oils that help with things like pain nausea and anxiety and you know it's so it's so interesting to see how full circle we've come with with healthcare well I shouldn't say full circle cuz it's not widely accepted yet um but essential oils have been used for thousands and thousands of years you know from the egyptians to traditional chinese medicine all different types of you know traditional healing methods have used some some type of essential oil and so it's very interesting that we're seeing this in, in in the triage setting now another really interesting article that i ran across was that and this is the headline it says california okays 214.8 billion dollar budget including health insurance for illegal immigrants and money for homelessness. Now, this is funded by the taxpayers and about $2.4 billion out of that $214 billion is going to be directed towards homelessness. Okay. On June 24th of 2019, the California legislature voted to restore tax on people without health insurance. Now, uh, guys, this is this is a bad thing, in my opinion, because you are now allowing illegal immigrants to have health care. You're you're taxing legal citizens of the United States who live in California to fund the health care for illegal immigrants and by the way, you're penalizing those who are legally there, who are legal citizens of the United States. You're penalizing them for not having health care, not having health insurance, I should say. And a lot of these people, it's not like they're not they're, they're not having health insurance because they don't want to. A lot of them just can't afford it and they don't feel that um, they should be penalized on that. 
You know, I've seen a lot of my patients being penalized because they can't afford the jump in premiums for their healthcare. And now they're being penalized again because it was repealed. Now they're putting it back on. They're being penalized again. And a lot of that money is going to go towards funding the healthcare for illegal immigrants. And the illegal immigrants aren't getting penalized for being illegal immigrants. It's 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 a big mess, guys. This is, uh, gosh, I don't even I don't even want to go on about that. But it's a big mess. Two hundred and fourteen billion dollars being directed towards that. Meanwhile, the Assembly Health Committee passed SB two seven six. This is one that a lot of people were protesting against, where now vaccines are being mandated, and the the uh, medical doctors are being held a little bit more accountable and their ability to write medical exemptions are being thwarted. Okay, so now uh, I you may have heard my in my previous podcast uh, my I talk about the whole idea behind vaccine mandates and and I, I spoke my piece about that. Now when it comes to SB 276, um, yeah, there are some medical doctors that are profiteering off of people that don't want to get vaccines, you know, because of personal beliefs. Um, but there are a subset of the population that vaccines would be a detriment to their health. Now, this would take away uh, medical doctors' uh, professional right to write a medical exemption because it, it, it's a blanket kind of thing. So, I mean, you guys have heard my heard my piece about that. But what I'm trying to say here is, okay, we got, put it all together. We got funding, two point, I mean, $214.8 billion going towards the healthcare of illegal immigrants and uh, people that are there legally are being taxed if they don't have healthcare. And the uh, SB 276 has been passed for va- um, mandating vaccines. So here's a, here's a, here's the thing about it is if you don't have the vaccine for hepatitis B, you can't go to school. But yet, if you do have hepatitis B, you can go to school. Okay. And you get penalized for not having health insurance, even if you can't afford it. And you're a legal citizen of the United States. But if you're an illegal immigrant, You get it all for free. Seems like a great plan. Awesome job, California. Awesome job. We got a five-star review. Yay, yay, yay. Five-star review. We love the five-star reviews. Thank you so much. This one comes from Nlust128. Nlust128 says, Dr. Mike always has great thoughts and answers on current health issues. He is also not quick to just prescribe a supplement but rather find the root cause of the issue. Grateful for all the information he shares. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that five-star review. If you guys love what we're doing here, go and hit up the iTunes reviews and leave us a five-star review. We love that. Helps to get awareness of the podcast and our mission to elevate the consciousness of mankind. And uh, it just helps our rankings. And we've been climbing the charts, by the way. We, we started breaking into the top 100 podcasts 
for health and fitness on Apple Podcasts. So kudos to all of you that are listening and sharing this podcast. So let's dive right into the meat of the podcast. And today I wanted to talk about something that really hits home for me um, about neurodegenerative diseases, dementia, Alzheimer's, MS. Uh, my grandfather, uh, he was he used to come to dementia, and it, you know I I wasn't here directly to see the day to day ramifications, but when I did come back home to Hawaii from California and visited him, um, he wasn't the same person that I knew. And just hearing the stories from my family of what they went through, and um, also treating a lot of patients that go through dementia. It's not a fun thing as far as being on the family side. It's a very difficult thing to see your family member go from this vibrant being to basically not having their not having their their mind there for them. So, you know, dementia, um, if you don't know what dementia is, it, you know, it's basically a decrease in the number of neurons in your body. The neurons degenerate. And the neuronal connections, so the connections between the neurons is just broken down. And over time, you see the brain size shrink. This affects about 48 to 50 million people worldwide. Okay? And about 8 million new cases being uh, diagnosed every single year. 8 million cases. This is projected to rise to 77 million. 77 million now from 48 million by 2030. And by 2050, we're going to see about 135 million. So it's it, this is an epidemic that we're seeing. And this, the surprising thing is that dementia is not a normal part of the aging process. This is what all the studies show. It's not a, a normal part of the aging process. We don't see a sharp decrease in um, neurons and neuronal connections. Now, those that are above age 65 are at a higher risk of developing dementia. And we're going to get into some of the common culprits behind dementia. But some of the common symptoms may seem like a normal part of the aging process, such as, you know, memory loss, difficulty with motor function, you know, like losing your balance, um, depression, anxiety, paranoia, agitation, um, difficulty with communication, you know, being lost for words, you know, you're trying to get that word and it's on the bus, right, from the back of your mind, trying to get to the front of your mind. It all seems like, you know, part of the normal aging process of just being forgetful. But when when you look at the different scans of the brain, you start to see there's a sharp, sharp um, difference between a, a brain that's going through dementia and things like MS, which has placking within the central nervous system. There's a sharp difference between that and just being forgetful and, and you know, part of the the decrease in nerve connection or nerve conduction, I should say, through the aging process. That, you know, that two different things there, okay? Now, when we start looking at the brain, um, you may have seen a couple of my posts on Instagram. I delineate 
that there's a sharp difference between the brain and the mind. Okay, The mind doesn't necessarily reside in the brain. The brain is actually just the organ that's acting like an antenna for, for the mind. You know, and, you know, different studies um, has shown that the mind is actually holographic. You know, you can look at Michael Talbot's work and um, as he dives into the holographic universe. Now, if you read some of the, uh, like, WebMD, uh, any of those major sites on Google, and you learn about dementia, they all talk about the common culprits surrounding um, surrounding dementia. But here's what I found in clinical practice and just through, you know, my studies in functional medicine and, and, and uh, applied kinesiology and some of the different lab tests that I've run is that these are the common culprits, okay? The common culprits, first of all, are latent infections of viruses, bacteria, and different types of parasites these will create a lot of neuronal damage. Um, heavy metal toxicities goes right hand in hand with parasitic infections, which then leads towards chronic inflammation. So the chronic inflammation can come from the infections, but it can also come from our diet and the toxins that we're being exposed to, such as like the pesticides, herbicides, and insecticides. All these things start impacting the neurons and then we start seeing another thing with decreased cerebral vascular circulation and a breakdown between the blood-brain barrier. Yeah, the blood-brain blood barrier, the BBB, is like the, uh, like the gut lining. So just like how you can have leaky gut, you can actually have what's called leaky, leaky brain syndrome where the things that are not supposed to cross the blood-brain barrier are, which then creates more inflammation. Inflammation is not a good thing. For, uh, I should say chronic inflammation is not a good thing for any of our cells, okay? So we have infections, we have heavy metal toxins, we have chronic inflammations, we have um, different toxins such as pesticides, herbicides, insecticides, a decrease in cerebrovascular circulation. Okay? So those, those are some of the major things. And then we see nutrient deficiencies, major ones being vitamin D, B-complex, and vitamin C. Major one out of those is vitamin D. You see a lot of people that are very deficient in vitamin D. One, because of a lack of sun exposure, and two, because they're dehydrated. And what happens is that your body needs to be properly hydrated in order to sulfate vitamin D so that it becomes active. So vitamin D is produced in the skin through sunlight. Now, a lot of patients, they come in and they we test them for vitamin D levels and they show pretty low vitamin D levels, some in the single digits. You should be above 45. I like to see it above 55, sometimes into 78. That those are the optimal levels. I see people in eight or nine. Okay, so when we when we test their vitamin D levels, we find that they're very low, even though they're getting sun exposure. And this may be you, right? You maybe get you may say, "Hey, I got a lot of sun exposure, uh, but I don't make enough vitamin D." Now you may be making enough vitamin D, but what happens is it's not activated. It's not the active form of vitamin D, which needs to be sulfated 
And in order for it to be sulfated, you need to have proper levels of water. And a lot of people, one of the most common things for almost every single chronic disease is that they're dehydrated. Okay? And when, whenever I work with patients, the first place we always start off with is hydration. And sometimes we may need to use uh, a hyperhydration technique. So what we use in, in the office is, is a product called Oral IV. And this you utilizes, a, I, I, honestly, I have no idea what they do with this thing, but it's like magic. And it's structured water with a bunch of electrolytes in it and a little bit of pixie dust and some lion's feather from Harry Potter's wand or something like that. Because just that little vial will hydrate a person and their, uh, their cells will react. Okay, so whenever a person's significantly dehydrated, we get them on um, oral IV and then we hydrate them by consuming consistent amounts of water. One liter for every 50 pounds of body weight plus a liter or two on top of that is what we typically use. Okay, so if you want to get your vitamin D levels up on top of getting sunlight, you got to be hydrated. And then the other caveat that we're starting to see nowadays is EMF exposures. Um, if, if you're being exposed to a lot of EMFs, uh, that's going to impact how vitamin D sulfates. And so you may be getting enough water, you may be getting enough sunlight, but if you're exposed to too many EMFs, you're going to impact your vitamin D synthesis as well. Okay? So nutrient deficiencies is another big one. And then we have the bigger culprits, such as altered sugar metabolism. Um, some research studies have, ca have called, you know, stuff like dementia and Alzheimer's, they call that uh, diabetes type 3. I don't like that. Um, I think it's just, it's, it's, it's another form of diabetes or uncontrolled uh, sugar metabolism, where you're going from hyper to hypoglycemia. Most of the times it's it's lying in the realms of hypoglycemia because you've you've eaten too many forms of glucose and your body's overproducing insulin to drop blood sugar to a lower level. Okay. So you see an altered sugar metabolism with dementia, and this is a chronic state. So that's one of the things that uh we 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 work on in the neurodegenerative protocol. And then the ultimate one that is affected behind all these things, all these culprits that I've listed out here is a mitochondrial dysfunction, all right? So when you look at the core of it all and we look at every single neuron, when they start dying off, it's usually because all of the things that I've listed, all the culprits that I've listed are affecting mitochondrial function. And the mitochondria being the powerhouse of the cell, when they start losing their function to produce energy, it, it, the cells don't function any, any longer. So they start decreasing. Okay. So those are the common culprits. Now, what do we do from there? Right. You, you know that there's a whole bunch of things. 
there's probably many more, but those are the main ones that that I've come across and what we address in a clinical setting. So from that point on, what we need to do is we need to help the body to repair. Okay. And the way you got to think about the body is like a garden. Okay. So if you wanted to plant a garden, what you need to do first is you need to survey the soil, the terrain. And if there's stuff that doesn't need to be there, you got to get rid of that. So you get rid of toxins, weeds, all that kind of stuff that doesn't need to be there. And then you start putting in the different nutrients and, you know, whatever fertilizers and all that kind of stuff. And then you plant the seeds and then you nurture the seeds so that you get sustainable crops. Same thing with your body. We remove, we start repairing, and then we start restoring the things that needs to be there. So with, with neural degeneration, we got to decrease the toxin load and the infection load. That's, that's primary out of all of this stuff. First step out of all of that is to improve or open up the channels of detoxification. So if you start a detox program, and this is what most people do, they just jump straight into a detox program. They see something on Instagram or they see something on Facebook about detoxification. They buy a detox kit. And if it doesn't address the channels of detoxification, such as your skin, your gut, kidneys, lungs, if it doesn't address opening those channels, oh, and your, and your lymphatics, forgot that one as well. If it doesn't address those things, then you can mobilize and push toxins out, but it's never going to actually get out of your body. Okay, And this is where people end up with a lot of issues. Because you you tend to push the toxins out and then the body reabsorbs the toxins because it never fully gets out. So the way you got to look at toxicity is um, it's like you got trash all over your house. First thing you got to do is you got to gather up all the trash, bag it. Once it's in bags, you get it out of the house and you put it on you know, your driveway for the trash man to come and pick it up. And the trash man picks it up, takes it to the landfill, gets it out of the community. That's how detoxification is supposed to happen. What happens to a lot of people is that they end up bagging up a lot of the trash and it's bagged up, bagged up, but all the bags remain in the house and the, and the house gets overburdened with all these bags of trash and it never makes it out onto the street or if it does make it out onto the street, it never gets picked up by the trash man. So that's what happens with majority of the people because they don't focus on opening the channels of detoxification. So if your streets are crowded or if if, if your trashmen are on strike, they're not working, then that's what we got to be focusing on. So main ones being your gut, your um, kidneys, lungs, your skin, your lymphatics all have to be addressed in opening up for the toxins to be released. Okay. Now, we when we start talking about detoxification there's another protocol that we got to be utilizing within that is to help the body get rid of the toxins you need to first stimulate the removal because the majority of the toxins are actually stored within fatty tissue okay so you stimulate the removal of the toxins within the fatty tissue and there's multiple ways that you can do that and it's specific for the different types of toxins as well. And then you bind it and then you excrete. Okay. So you got to go and look in your house for the toxins. Uh, and then you put it in trash bags and then you get it out. That's basically the way I look at it. 
Okay. And then step two is, and step one takes a while, by the way. And if you've had this for a long time, it'll take even longer. Uh, step two is when we start repairing the damaged tissue. And the first place we always start off is, is repairing the gut. Okay, that's the most damaged tissue with any type of issue in your body, especially a neurodegenerative disease. So you can't expect to get your brain back into function if your gut is not functioning properly as well. Okay, because your gut and your brain have an intimate connection. And if your gut is off, so is your brain. So we got to start off with repairing the gut. And if, if you really want to deep dive into repairing the gut, go get my course, the Total Gut Restore Program. It's my entire protocol and I walk you through. And it's, I know some of you are going to ask, because I get this question all the time, is it just a list of food to eat and not to eat? No, that's like 1% of it. Okay? There's a whole different myriad of things that you need to be doing by restoring communication, uh, neurological communication, by utilizing different things to um, get rid of parasites and to stimulate the repair and to um, affect inflammation and to heal the gut lining. I mean, it, it's a comprehensive course. It, it's the entire protocol that I use with every single patient. Now, is it everything? To heal the body, not really, because as you can see here, it's just one part of the protocol, but it's a very, very big part, okay? So step two, we, we repair the damaged tissue. We start with the gut, and then we use copious amounts of omega-3 fats. So we're talking, especially DHA, because DHA is very much needed for brain healing. So small cold water fishes, avocado is going to be another big one. Okay. And sometimes you need, I, I see a lot of people, and, and this is kind of interesting, is that um, we have an imbalance with omega-3s and omega-6s that a lot of people that I see personally, because they're, they're so into their health, they actually went out of kilter and went to too much omega-3s. Majority of the people in, in the country is actually too little omega-3s, but I actually see a lot of people have too much omega-3s in relation to omega-6s. So sometimes we need to utilize um, omega-6s more to get it back into balance with omega-3s. And you don't cut out omega-3s, you're still utilizing that, but you need to get a balance between omega-3s and omega-6s. And there's a specific ratio that we go into it for, you know, for your body according to where it's at in the healing process. And then step three is the mind-body therapies. This is where we bring in meditation, mindfulness, um, getting you to really exercise your brain. Because remember I said, your brain is just the organ that's the antenna to the mind. And the mind is everywhere, okay? The mind is contained within all the different parts of your body. And this is why you can have stored emotions in different parts of your body affecting how your body functions, but it's all communicated through your brain. And the brain is the one thing that you can control that will change the frequencies. Okay, so meditation, all, it, all, that's, all that's doing is, is changing the frequency of your brain. And there's different types of frequencies. You have your delta, theta, alpha, all those different frequencies that is controlled by cognition and also your consciousness. 
Okay, so if you're in consistent amount of stress, it's very hard to get your brain into that healing mode. So this is where the mind-body therapies like meditation and mindfulness comes into play. Now, there's tons and tons of different uh, mind-body therapies out there. Just find one that works for you, that you can utilize and that you can consistently do. Okay, so that's step three. Step four is where we start to rebuild the mitochondria. Okay, remember the mitochondria are the powerhouses of the cell. Now, there are five major players that I use all the time. And there are other things, but these are the five major players that's going to be used every single time we start dealing with the mitochondria. PQQ, ubiquinol, shilajit, exogenous ketones, and molecular hydrogen. That's my five starters on the field that is going to be involved in every single mitochondrial repair. Okay. These things are going to increase mitochondrial function. It's going to increase mitochondrial density. Okay. So the amount of mitochondria within all of the cells. And it's going to improve mitochondria efficiency, right? especially exogenous ketones and the molecular hydrogen. Okay. Because the molecular hydrogen will curb a lot of the oxidative stress that is coming off of the overworked mitochondria because you got to figure that a lot of the culprits were killing off or decreasing the mitochondrial function and mitochondrial efficiency so instead of uh you functioning at a hundred percent you were functioning at 20 percent but the mitochondria has to account for or, or still has to produce the amount that you are used to at a hundred percent so a lot of times it's either being overworked or being underutilized. So that's what these five things will do is help your body to uh, make more mitochondria and make them function better. That was step four, rebuilding mitochondria. And then the last step, this is where a lot of people start off with, is restoring nutrient deficiencies in circulation. This is where people want to say, oh, you know, uh, well, what, what, what foods do I eat and uh, what supplement can I take? Well, no, we need to do that last. Those, these are the seeds that we need to start replanting and nourishment for the crops that you want to grow. Okay. You can't water the seeds in toxic soil. I mean, it just never works out that, that well. Okay. So we, we restore nutrient deficiencies and we improve circulation at the last step of it all. Okay. And this, this is going to be on an individual basis. You know, I'm not going to tell you here, these are the exact things that you need to do. Well, it's, it's an, on an individual basis and you can utilize different testing services to figure out specifically, or you can work with a practitioner that'll help you figure out what you need to be doing. But it's all about biochemical individuality. Okay. So let me recap that again. Step one, we decrease the toxin and infection load. Step two, you repair the damaged tissue, particularly the gut. Step three, we implement mind-body therapies. Step four, we, we start rebuilding the mitochondria. And step five is when we restore nutrient deficiencies and improve circulation. Now, if you are already a member of our Wellness Warrior tribe, we're going to dive deeper into the specific protocols and the physiology and the different strategies that you can implement 
to keep your brain functioning at optimal levels. If you're not yet a Wellness Warrior Tribe member, you might want to jump on board. I dive deep into the stuff there that I've been taught and the things that I implement and utilize in my practice and in my own life. Uh, We talk about that in the Wellness Warrior Tribe. There's a whole bunch of things that we discuss um, as far as I do a, a monthly like health webinar series. Um, I do a laser coaching session where I take one of you and you know you may have a specific issue and we do a Zoom call and it's recorded and we share that with the community and you know, people can learn by just being a fly on the wall. So it, it's a pretty comprehensive, um, comprehensive uh, you know, community that is geared towards giving you the information, protocols, and tools to lead a happier and better life so that you can have health and wellness all throughout your life. So you can go to the Wellness Warrior Tribe at www.tripleplayperformance.co forward slash www.tribe at www.tripleplayperformance.co forward slash www.tribe. And this was a fun episode. Hopefully you got something out of it. I want to know, what was your biggest takeaway from this episode? Post it up on Facebook and tag me on it. Um, or post it up on Instagram and tag me on it at triple play doc. I want to see what you think. What are your struggles, questions? And be sure to join me every single Tuesday for my Q&A sessions on Instagram. If you enjoyed this podcast, leave us a five-star review. Connect with me on Instagram at triple play doc. Stay tuned for more episodes. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell the entire world. Till the next episode, be well and alo.